Welcome to the after show where we explore the message behind the message. Would you do us a favor? Would you like, subscribe, comment wherever you are watching from or maybe listening to? We would love to engage with you as we explore these messages. My name is Pastor Robbie, and I am one of your pastors here at Calvary. And today I am with Pastor Marty, our lead pastor, who just spoke as we opened up our Thrill of Hope sermon series. Hey, Pastor Marty. How are you doing, Robbie? I am great. It good. is good to be with you today. Glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Today we are going to dive in. Uh, you talked a lot about darkness and light yesterday. Yeah. And you talked about, I love some of your analogies where you were like, you can get around your house. How often do you do that, getting around your house in the dark? Well, I mean, sometimes out of necessity, you, you have to do what you have to do. But normally I turn the lights on. Yeah. yeah. But I could function in the dark if I had to. It's so interesting because growing up, I had this dog. And unfortunately, this dog got diabetes and we didn't know about it early on. And so they went blind. And it was interesting because this dog, her name was Lexi, was able to figure it out for years where to get the food, where to go to the bathroom, where, how to get around the house completely blind and knew exactly where to go. And that was to your point yesterday is that we can become familiar mm -hmm. with the darkness. Yep. And so I'd love it if we could dive into that concept a little bit more today. Obviously, you brought up Old Testament scripture talking about how God talked about light and then used um, other people to talk about light. And then in the New Testament, the contrast of, hey, there's, this is still happening and Jesus now talking about light and darkness. Can we dive in a little bit about the importance of why God and then Jesus was talking about all of those things? Well, I think, yeah, I think the idea behind the sermon yesterday was to establish that the reason he came was because there was a need. Yeah. Uh, God was not just bored in heaven and thought, hey, I'll send my son to the earth. God looked up on the earth and thought, I've got to do something. There's, this is going the wrong direction. Mm. And so, I mean, you turn on the light when there's a need for light. I mean, in my home on a normal basis... Uh, we have a lot of windows in our house, so we love the natural light coming in during the day. So we don't have lights on hardly at all during the day because it's all natural lighting. Yeah. Uh, when the nighttime comes, you have to have a plan because those same natural windows that let light and also bring in darkness. So we have to combat that with light. And Jesus came to the earth uh, because there was darkness. Yeah. And we don't talk enough about that because it's an uncomfortable conversation because uh, we may love our darkness. We may mm. like it. That was the whole point in uh, John chapter 3. We talked about the idea that men love darkness more than light. You know, the Bible says this is the verdict, yeah. that light has come, but because men's deeds were evil, they loved the darkness more than light. And I know that that pushed people away from the warm and fuzzy narrative of Christmas. Sure, sure. And I purposefully read the verses behind the verses. I read the verses in the backdrop, the the stuff we don't talk about. You know, Isaiah chapter 9 is the famous, yep. you know, unto us a child's born, unto us a son is given, a beautiful text. Absolutely. But the verses before it are bloody. They're dark. They are talking about warfare and difficulty. And so once you understand the context of his arrival, it makes all the difference in the world as to why he came. Yeah. And then it begins to really permeate and transform your life. So that was kind of the big idea gotcha. was to, um, to see that God looked upon the earth and thought, i got to do something. I've, this has got to be different. This is not okay. And so then you look at the world today and all the darkness around us, and you start asking yourself, is this the role that God intended? Is this what God had planned? Did God... 
Did God choose, was this God's big idea to have a world of hate and hurt and racism and, 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 and war and murder? Was that God's picture? Was that God's beautiful creation? That doesn't sound at all like God's creation. That's no. what man has done. And so the flip of this is not only did God send his son because the world was dark, only his son can cure the darkness. Wow. And you said this, you said this, um, Jesus is here for a reason, not just not just a season. season. That's right. And and I, I found it where, you know, we're always like, Jesus is the reason for the season. And that's cute and great to put on your house, right? But then well, what's the reason for this season? Why did G- in, in Matthew one, the first book of the New Testament, in the first chapter, it talks about how Joseph was visited by this angel saying, "You're going to have a son, and he's going to be the cure to sin." And so, the reason for the season is sin. Yeah, the <laughs> cure for it. He, yeah, the Bible says he will you know, save his people from their sins. He's the promised savior. He was the the redeemer, the deliverer. Yeah. Uh, but all that comes in the context of really knowing the why, and now I know what it means to me. And then I have to ask myself the question, which side of the Messiah am I on? Right. And that's how he brought the Herod into the conversation. Herod was the king at the time of his birth, mm-hmm. and Herod did not want this king. He did not want this king of the Jews uh, to be born because he knew that would infringe on his kingdom. Right. And so in a smaller scale, how much today in our lives are we controlled by the kingdoms of men mm-hmm. versus the kingdom of God? And that's a very difficult topic today because we live in very much a uh, politicized, geopolitical mindset as humans and in particular as Americans. Americans yeah. are wrapped up in politics. Mm-hmm. Other countries, not so much the same. It comes and goes. They have their cycles, their elections, and they move on. The American culture is convinced that the solution for a better life is who's in the White House. Sure. And we don't realize that Jesus came under King Herod, who was a very, very difficult king. He came to the Roman Empire... The Roman Empire was the most egregious empire of all time and still ranks at that level. Yeah, absolutely it does. And so we look at the corruption Jesus came into. He came at a time that they were going to be taxed, which is accounted for, which is their government uh, coming in and seeing who has what. I mean, it was very much an oppressive government. So wow. the funny part is Jesus came to deliver us yeah. from an oppressive earthly government, but yet many believers want a more involved government. And you're doing the math on this going, well, this don't make any sense. Right. Because we need laws, we need rules, and I'm, the Bible supports that. But we really need to understand that we're to be governed by the Word of God, governed as Christians by the Holy Spirit every day, and we're supposed to live a different life. And so you look at the contrast, and I, I love contrast in the Bible, I love contrast in life. So I look at that, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what did Jesus come into, because then mm-hmm. I understand what he's able to fix. Yeah. And then I think of how my life is affected by that in your life. Yeah. And, and you said this. You said the very world that Jesus was born into could be just as bad at today, if not yeah. worse. I mean, we, we've, not, we've not grown a whole lot. I mean, if you right. look at you know, what Jesus came into, well, you just go back to Isaiah's prophecy. Mm-hmm. Israel was in distress. They were in conflict. They were idolatrous. They were pagans. They had a facade of religion. They were doing all the right stuff on the outside, a very orthodox approach on the outside, a very dark uh, world on the inside. 
They were doing all the things. They were crossing the T's, dotting the I's. Yeah. Uh, Jesus's time and space. You have rampant. Uh, you know, you have homelessness. You have brokenness. You have the Roman Empire blazing, blowing, and going. You have a lot of things taking place that really mirrors today. You know, the Roman Empire was known for its infanticide, known for uh, yeah. killing those who were sick, the elderly. All the stuff that's on the marketplace topics today was happening in the Bible days. And here comes this new light. The Bible says a new light has dawned. John chapter 1, a new light yeah. has dawned. In him was the light of life and, you know, the light of men. And, you know, we look at that in John 1. We looked at it in, in, in Isaiah 9. Mm -hmm. And it's all right there that Jesus is a new way of, uh, of living. And so... We want to identify the darkness so we can embrace the light. And I loved another thing you, you said was we can't change God's word for our curtain trends, our curtain culture, or our curtain fads. No. Because so many times we want to twist things or we want to say, oh, well, let's just be more progressive, right? That's a, that's a hot word right now. Yeah. We want to be more progressive. Well, actually, God sent his son to be progressive in to, to change the culture and to change the world because of sin. Well, and, scripturally speaking... It's not about being progressive. It's about it's about revelation. Revelation, good. The Bible is the one book you can read a thousand times and get deeper insight each time you read it. Yeah. So in our modern way of thinking, progressive thinking mm -hmm. is really moving off of any form of a foundation right. to a more flux and fluid way of thought that will change from generation to generation, culture to culture. The Word of God is a revealing book to us, yeah. which does give new revelation, and we need to be leaning into that deeper. I love that. Um, uh, so, you know, progressivism, modernism, all right. those things, they actually embrace certain elements of, 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 uh, of conflict. Yeah. They, they embrace certain elements of, of untruths. They, they embrace that not everything is is right, but we know that, and that's okay. But we get to pick and choose what's right and what's not. Hmm. And the problem with that is you never know where it's coming in from. It's like if you went to a restaurant and they handed you a menu and you went to order and the, the waitress goes, well, we don't have that today. And you say, well, what about this? Well, we don't have that either. Well, what about this? We don't have that either. Well, ma'am, it's all in the menu. She says, yes, but the chef decides what to cook today. <laughs> well, then how do I know what to order? I mean, uh -huh. how, how do I even know where to start at? So if there's not a consistent foundation, if it's all relative to you or to me, and it's it's my own truth, it's the it's my own version. Now That's we good. get into chaos. Um, if it's wow. my own, you know, if, if I get to pick and choose the speed limits of every road I drive upon, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I think in Chicagoland people do that. They do absolutely. So <laughs> you, you know, that's the difficulty of it. In Ephesians five nine, it says this: "The fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth." Yep. I mean, that's, that's what we're looking for. And that's the, the, here's the thing. The people are, who are comfortable with the darkness are actually looking for goodness. They're looking for truth. But they think that they've found it in this familiarity, in this comfort lifestyle of, well, whatever goes, goes. Yeah. But really, if they just become aware, if they um, point themselves towards scriptures, they're going to find righteousness and goodness and truth. And so how is it practically for us today? You know, the Sunday school answer is, we'll pray more and read your word more. Um, and that's great and that's true. But how is it practically today for people watching, people listening, for them to say, okay, well, I'm in debt. My marriage is struggling. How is it that I can get out of this area of my life? Because I feel like I'm living in darkness. I'm trying, but I'm living in darkness. 
Well, we got to realize that we're born in darkness. We're born in a sin nature. Yeah. So before I ever sinned, I had a sin nature. And that nature never leaves us. So I first must recognize that in me is a darkness. Yeah. Um, it, it's not in you, it's in me. It starts with me. Mm-hmm. And I've got to address that by submitting to the Word of God, by being led by the Spirit of God, by yeah. engaging worship, by engaging the body of Christ, by being more accountable. All those things that we would do practically come into play here because I'm trying to combat my inner darkness. I had a friend of mine a couple of years ago, that he and I were talking, and, and he was going to church like five nights a week. He was just finding everybody who had church. Wow. And I said, man, what are you doing? He goes, he says, I'm really battling right now in my, in my sin nature. Mm. He says, I, I need to be in church. So he would, he would go to work, get off work, grab a snack, go right to church somewhere. Wow. Because he felt safer in that environment to combat his sin nature. I love that. So that's an example of someone that goes, okay, I've got a nature that right now is rearing its ugly head. Yeah, and if I don't if I don't take control of this, it's why I can't buy Oreos. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's it's why we don't buy them. Because if you buy them, you you black out and the bag is empty. <laughs> You're not sure what happened here. It's like a crime scene. Yeah, absolutely. And so th- you just have to know your nature. That's good. Um, and for some people, you know, the nature is if I open up Twitter, I'll spend two hours on it. So mm-hmm. don't open it. Yeah. Um, the nature is if I open up Instagram, I'll spend three hours on it or Facebook four or five hours and argue with half folks I talk to, you know, well, then don't open it. Well, you mean I, you mean I can do that? Yeah, you can do that. You can make a decision because Wise the darkness decision. is in me. So I think we yeah. start there, uh, Pastor Robbie, by recognizing that the darkness that is on the outside first begins on the inside. That's so good. Um, Men are evil. Mankind's evil. Yeah. Because of the sin nature. It's because the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Think of those three words. Steal, kill, destroy. That Those are the three most egregious things you can do in a culture of somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. Kill them, steal from them, or ruin their life. Okay, wow. we would all concur with that, but that's the nature of the thief. Yep. So, on the flip side, Jesus has come to give you life, yeah. give it to you fuller and more abundantly, right? So I start by on the inside, seeing my own darkness. And I start there. Secondly, I need to call out darkness. Mm-hmm. Darkness in the scripture, we said this uh, in the sermon, is identified as two basic things, yep. which one is you know rampant evil and mm-hmm. sin. And number two, uh, ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance is dark. You know, I remember sitting in algebra class in college, and the professor is writing on the board, and it looks like a I mean, this great scientific atomic bomb he's about to make. He's got all these numbers up here and all these letters. And I was sitting there, I go, I have no idea what he's talking about. Wow. I mean, I was so lost. Just because for me personally, numbers and letters don't go together, okay? (laughs) Like nuts and brownies. Put the brownies over here, keep the nuts over there. They don't go together, (laughs) okay? Like LeBron and MJ. Uh-oh. MJ's over here. LeBron's over there. Anyway, Absolutely. I meander for the fun of an inside joke. <laughs> I've got to realize that the darkness that's in me, that's present, has to go away by the light of Christ. Yes. And I can only do that when I live out the truth of God's Word. So you look at that, you know, Thief comes to kill, steal, destroy. Jesus comes to give you life, fullness, and abundance. Okay, I'm into that conversation. Yeah. But I can't get that on my terms. I yep. get that on God's terms. Got to be aware. Left to me, I kill, I steal, I destroy. 
left to God, I have fullness and life and abundance. Freedom. Freedom. It's <laughs> all over here. Yeah. So I think that's the immediate two legs of application. I love it. Is the darkness inside of me and then the darkness outside of me. I need to call that out. If it doesn't line up with God's word, and I think one of the hard things today for our culture is anything that is outside of our self-thinking, we now deem as offensive or hurtful. Yeah. Um, when my doctor looked at me and said, hey, you got to lose some weight or you're going to be on medication the rest of your life. Was he being helpful or was he being hurtful? Now, did I like what he said? No, because right. if I had my way, I would eat the bag of Oreos <laughs> and still be healthy, but that doesn't work. I can't have it my way and have it God's way. Wow. And so I have to just to decide if it is against the Scripture, and the Scripture is clear on this, Pastor Robbie, I'm not being offensive by talking about what the Bible says. Sure. I'm being truthful, but truthful for a reason. Why? To give you an, a, a chance to change your ways to step into the abundance that God has for you, to get you out of the destructive life. Um, as a parent growing up, I've always told my kids, don't play on the stove. I mean, that just makes sense, right? Was that restrictive or was that protective? And loving. It was loving. It was, hey, I know if you touch that, you're going to get burned. You know, you tell your kids, don't put your finger in a light. I mean, the things you tell your kids, is that a restrictive parent? Um, you know, if you were ever in a place and there was a snake on the ground, you would tell your kid, don't touch it. I mean, basic things. Yes. You know, if you're at a raging river, you would tell your kid, don't jump in. You know, these are things that a loving parent would do, but... In today's culture, that is now deemed restrictive. Because why? Yeah. Because it's all about self. I have a today kind of analogy with that is RJ is doing this training thing, actually right down the way from here. And he loves climbing on the treadmills mm -hmm. and the bikes. And he's six years old. And so he shouldn't be. And then he's climbing on the weight racks. And the trainers are like, hey, RJ, please don't do that. And then daddy is like, hey, RJ, you don't need to do that. Now, we just tell him it. We, don't, we say, hey, we, we want you to be safe. We don't say all the things that could happen because you just need to trust us. Yeah. And so one time I'm talking to one of the trainers and RJ comes back, like almost like healing over on his side. I go, bro, what happened? And he lifts up his shirt bloody because he hit a weight and a weight rack that he was climbing. Mm -hmm. And so I just really softly said, Hey, RJ, this is why I have told you on multiple occasions and the trainers here who care about you want you to listen yeah. to us. This is what happens when you don't listen to us. And so that's, that's exactly what you said. And I've heard it said like this, coming back to the, the thrill of hope, this, this Christmas season that we are in right now, right? And it says the, the motive of the season is love. Yeah. John 3.16, for yeah. God so loved the world. I mean, yeah. God sent his son to be light because the world was dark. I mean, if, 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 I, if I see my kid in the dark... You know, if I have a young mm, child yeah. and they're scared, they're lost, they're having a nightmare. If you ever had a young child who had a nightmare in the middle of the night and they wake up screaming and crying, as a parent, when you go in the room, what's the first thing you do? You turn the light on. Yeah. It's okay. It's me. I'm with you. You're fine. Right. You don't keep the dark off. You don't come in making faces at the kid. You come in that's to good. comfort their pain. That's good. And that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus came into a dark world. And so I think we've heard the Christmas story so much. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the most average person can recite parts of the story. 
no matter how they feel about God, or no matter how they're in church, they just can tell you what the story is. Or sing the songs. Or sing the songs. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a baby and a manger and a wise men and, sh- and shepherds and, uh-huh. and, a, and, a, and, a, and a mom and a dad and, and goats and, and, you know, and, right. and, and donkeys and, and sheep. And, <laughs> but why? Mm-hmm. What's it matter? Because babies are born all the time. But this baby changed the world. Yeah. And this life changed everything. And that's because only this life, the life of Christ, can bring the light that men would need to end the darkness in our life. Wow. And you just said it. And it's it's a matter of the response to the season is completely up to us. Yep. God and Jesus have already done the work. Mm-hmm. And so their motive, God's motive in this season was love. And now our response to the season is completely up to us. Yeah. Not everybody wants a Messiah. It's good. Not everybody wants a deliverer. Not right. everybody wants light. Not everybody wants a savior. And my heart would be that all would. Yeah. That's God's heart. God's heart is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Everyone. But not everybody wants that. And that's that and that's that's a lot of the times in scripture it talks about when when light is is being brought up into the darkness or Jesus coming to the earth, it says, for all people, for everyone. Mm-hmm. It never yeah. is secluded to a certain demographic or group of people. It's, no, this is for everyone. Right. We are all in the same playing field. Yep. We all have the same option, but it's our response. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the great topics today is the topic of equality. Sure. That comes up on almost all fronts. And one of the, my things I love to say about equality is we are all equally in need of a savior. Wow. Nobody here today is above the need of a savior, including me, including you, including those watching today. Everybody here is equally in need of the light of Christ in their life. That's so good. That's so good. Pastor Marty, thank you so much for diving in, exploring a little bit deeper. Thank you for joining us on the after show where we explore the message behind the message. We're so grateful that you've joined us, either watching or listening. Make sure that you click subscribe. Make sure you click that like button and click the little bell on YouTube to make sure that you get notified when we put up new content. This podcast happens every week, and so we will see you next week.